This is Primus Groundbreakers, your inside track to the rapidly changing world of design-build automate. Now here's your host, Paul Voss. Hello and welcome to Groundbreakers, a design-build automate podcast. I'm Paul Voss. I'll be your host today. I'm the ethics and leadership advisor for Primus Builders, and I'm delighted to be here with KC Williams. He's the chief operating officer at Primus. We're very excited to have a discussion with him today. KC, I recognize from your bio that you graduated from the United States Naval Academy, and that really intrigued me because I have a son who graduated from the United States Naval Academy in 2016. Tell me about your experience at the Naval Academy. Yeah, well, thanks. Good afternoon, Paul. I'm excited to be here as well. Uh, graduated in 1995, as you know, and um, we like to say that it's a, it's a great place to be from, not necessarily a great place to be. Difficult, uh, certainly, in the day-to-day taxing efforts of both managing military-bearing requirements as well as leadership and then a full schedule of academics. Um, I, after graduating, Proceeded on to flight school down in Pensacola, Florida, and uh, spent about 11 years actively flying for the Navy. So lots of real life and, and interesting experiences the Navy provided. Wow. Well, thank you for your service. My son told me when he graduated, it was a rigorous academic environment, certainly. But the discipline that they developed there is really phenomenal. But he said, Dad, it's not much of a college. It's more of a, a leadership academy. Would you agree with that assessment? I would. Um you know, I, I think leadership is certainly uh, able to be learned. Um, you know, there's inherent uh, attributes or qualities of, of leaders that you're born with, but the Naval Academy puts you through a, a rigorous group of activities surrounded by uh, their core values and, and leadership classes. Uh, there was a department called the Leadership and Law Department, which is where we spent most of our time learning about naval leadership uh, values and, and, and training exercises that, um, that I still carry with me today. And, uh, I remember, a um, you know, a, a, a class called the fundamentals of leadership, which, um, I took away a, a bunch of notes and, and revisit on a regular basis, even post military career that I apply regularly on, uh, a day-to-day basis in the, in the, in the, private sector uh, professional world. That's excellent. So in a minute, I'm going to make an analogy between a a construction site and a battlefield. But Luke, my son, said that sometimes preparation for battle is making order out of chaos. What would that mean to make order out of chaos? Well, as you can imagine, you know, war or or even training exercises in preparation for war can be quite chaotic, right? Uh, It's important that in, in our training exercises that we plan and we prepare as if we're actively involved in a fight so that we're ready for that day if it ever came. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, the chaotic piece is if you can imagine coordinating uh, a number of, of military assets that cover ground, air, sea, uh, multiple interdepartment relationships now with both Navy, Marine Corps, the Air Force, the Army, and it's a it's a concert of efforts. It takes a lot of uh, a, a lot of preparation, a lot of training, and a lot of um, understanding of policies and procedures. Okay, well, here's the link. Then here's the here's the analogy to the uninitiated eye. Going to a construction site looks like chaos. Even to the initiated eye, I mean, we've got hundreds of thousands of square feet. We got panels. We got delivery. We got trucks. We've got operations. What is the 
key component of both the battlefield and a construction site in terms of order and discipline. How does that fit into what Primus does? Well, as I mentioned, I think it starts with the planning, right? Um, You know, I say that uh, it's important for our folks to be both technically and tactically proficient. You have to understand your job before you get there, right? Uh, That's our responsibility to train the folks before they get out on the field and carry out the expectations that we have on on a job site. So is that called pre-planning? Is it fair to say that we spend a lot of time doing pre-planning? We do, yeah, Yeah. Um, in all aspects of what we do, right? So as a design-build firm, uh, one of the biggest values that we provide is that planning phase, not just at the point of which we put a shovel in the dirt and start the concert of activities of, of building a building, but even long before that, when we're putting ideas of what the building's going to look like on paper, and that's really the place to get it right, right? Just like in the military, the place to get it right is in the practice fields before you hand a gentleman a, or, or a woman a gun and say, you know, go to battle. Yeah, you play like you practice, right? And that's why in, in sports and in teams and symphony orchestras, practice goes ahead of time. Communication obviously plays a huge role in all successful endeavors. What are some of the communication challenges on a, on a, on a business, on a, you know, a site, a construction site? And how do we manage those conversations, those communication challenges? Well, most of our sites are spread out. They're, they're large. There's lots of different activities working on uh, different locations on a regular basis. So, I mean, the fundamental disconnect of individuals uh, throughout the day is probably the hardest thing to, to ensure that we have a solid flow of communication. So, you know, we like to start early in the morning and, and bring everybody together uh, to, to start and kick off the day. We have policies and, and processes in place that uh, both involve our, our people as well as technology to ensure that we're capturing all the day's activities and, and planning and pre-installation checklist uh, type things in order to make sure that when we go out to perform, we're ready. You know, certainly uh, noise and disruption of uh, construction equipment can aid in barriers or, um, you know, conversation difficulties hearing. So it's it's really important out there that you keep your head on a swivel, uh, that you're very clear, you're concise with, with your message so that everybody knows what they're doing for that day. Okay. In the last 20 years, Primus has built a fabulous, a fabulous operation, a great company, been awarded numerous uh, accolades by the Atlanta Business Chronicle. And we spend a lot of time talking about leadership. So we've got an enormous program right now. Tell us about how many projects we have and the type of leadership that we have in place there. Yeah, really excited about the uh, the finishing up of 2019 with some key projects and key customers that we're servicing, repeat customers, which is which is nice. Um, you know, 2020 for for Primus is is uh, is very exciting. The outlook is extremely positive. Uh, in addition to our design build platform, we uh, we are we have an automation group headquartered out of Charlotte that's got 
a, uh, a big project starting early next year that we've been working on for, for almost two, two, three years now called Scavuzos in Kansas City. So we're real excited about our first real true integration of our design components, our build component, as well as our automation solutions group. Uh, in addition, we do self-perform. So our panels group, head up by Eric Boyer, has been just outstanding in, um, in providing the, the thermal envelope support that we needed to be able to control our product and our quality. And so I, I believe that uh, not only from a, from a financial standpoint, uh, Primus is in a really good place going into next year. We're right size for what we need to do, and, and I believe we're in a growth mode. I really like that phrase you used there, repeat business, repeat clients. Tell me a little bit about that because that seems like a really important metric. People come back to us over and over and over. Explain that for me. Well, I mean, you know, it's the it's the it's the true testament to to good marketing, right? I mean, every, everyone's a salesperson. Um, you know, we we listen, we we take pride in uh, in in listening to our customers and developing the uh, the plan around their needs, and um, and that generates a you know a relationship with with groups of folks that have continued to come back to us and complete their their projects on time and on budget. So um, we're excited to, to have uh, some of the largest clients in our segment, our market segment, that um, that we continue to do multiple projects with on a regular basis. Well, I can't emphasize that enough. That should be a real point of pride at Primus because all of our clients have options. And for them to keep coming back to us over and over is a testament to our leadership and to our ability to get jobs done. But let's go back to leadership and communication because business gurus will tell us that there are two types of communication. There's downward communication and there's upward communication. Downward communication obviously means that the the senior leaders are able to communicate. But what really separates excellent companies apart are also the upward communication. The frontline employee also feels involved in decision-making process and communications. Discuss that a little bit at Primus. What do we do there? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting how often uh, conversations that take place right before execution um, make the difference between success and failure. And so it's important that not only we have that solid uh, downward flow of, of information, but more importantly, uh, the the information that's coming out from the, the folks in the field, right? And and so a lot of times they're disconnected, and and I almost I, I use the term they sit out on an island sometimes because they truly are. They're they're a project team that that uh, communicates in, internally, uh, you know. However, getting back to the mothership with information and reporting, and and us in turn giving them the appropriate support and needs uh, from from our headquarter office to to you know, to get them uh, in a place to be successful is, is critical. So we use uh, certainly your your uh, technology, uh, you know, your construction te- technology formats uh, mostly these days. We've recently uh, incorporated uh, Procore, which is a project management software that really handles uh, everything from soup to, to nuts on, in one platform. So from financial management to change management to schedule management, uh, we're giving our field uh, folks and and project managers the the best tool out there to accomplish their daily needs that does help with communications right so you know I think about reporting uh, I think about uh, the flow of information back and forth that's critical uh, on a day to day 
grind with with any project that we're doing and um and, and that certainly helps open up those lines and and make sure everybody's informed and and vice versa getting getting uh getting every all the support out of the office back to them well in this podcast we have time for one more question so let me ask you a question what is a a challenge that primus faces and how do we overcome that because the real secret sauce here is that primus gets buildings done high quality on time, under budget, but obviously there are a lot of variables in going into any construction project. So can you think of a challenge that you face and tell us a little bit of how leadership helps us overcome that challenge? Well, I think the market's changing a lot, right? So I just mentioned that technology we're implementing more and more. I mean, the construction industry as a whole is is um, less productive than any other industry or, or marketplace. Uh, we just tend to do things like we've always done them and not necessarily as good. But uh, I would say that, that if I was going to pinpoint one challenge that I regularly see, and that's uh, that's probably a labor shortage, and more specifically a skilled labor shortage. So, I, and I don't I don't foresee that getting any better. Um, and it trickles down to our subcontractors, right? Uh, you know, finding the qualified electrician, finding finding the qualified carpenter, the the, the mason, uh, the, the concrete layer. Those are those are skills that aren't trained and 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 um and available as much as they used to be as part of uh, one growing up so you know i see that as a is a really difficult thing as and, and as the as the market or the economy continues to uh to move spike upwards and and everyone's busy in our in our marketplace that just makes it even worse as we split uh limited resources amongst multiple projects that's why it's so crucial that we try to create an active culture a dynamic culture a place where people want to come to work because there is a war for talent out there and Every contractor in America is looking for good people. So creating that healthy, vibrant culture that we have here, a successful culture based upon leadership, really is a step in the right direction. Well, this has been a very informative podcast. I look forward to continuing discussion about some ways in which the new automation and computer systems are helping us become more efficient, more productive, and helping us with speed to market. So until our very next podcast, I wish you all the best. Thank you for attending and all best wishes.